Welcome to the Wildlife Gardener podcast. My name is Thomas Nutt and today I thought I would talk a bit about seed sowing and some of the seed sowing I've done so far and sort of the techniques I like to use and just sort of general, um, just a little chat about it. Also, whilst I'm going to be sowing some seeds, I just thought it'd be more a more relaxed um, podcast today. Um, I haven't uh, made a podcast in a, in a few weeks, which I've been quite busy with um, university work, but um, I'm really going to try and get back into um, producing um, lots more, and spring is definitely upon us, so um, I'm extremely excited to um, really get back into it and talk about what I'm doing in the garden. Um, sorry if it's a little bit loud, because I'm trying to um, fill up a seed tray, a half seed tray right now. I only use half seed trays when I'm sowing my seeds, because I find... I'm quite a sort of, <laughs> I would I would say I'm very sort of just get on with it gardener. I just sort of do it and I get a bit carried away sometimes and I can over sow, but I'm, I've really um, trying to, I've really sort of over the years trying to teach myself to definitely sow a lot less. Like um, I'm looking across at a, um, a cornflower called Black Ball and I sowed this, which, what, what, the, what was the date? I must have written it on there. I didn't write it on there. Typical. Every other one has a date on. Um, I think it was probably about the 1st of March. It was about a week ago or, or a, a bit longer. And they've germinated now. And they're looking lovely and healthy. Um, and they are so evenly spaced. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of myself. Um, I really, really did use an um, incredibly sort of limited amount of seeds. Um, with lots of seeds I've sown. I've sown some... Salvia viridis, um, Blue Monday and Pink, um, two different varieties, and another cornflower called Blue Boy, a very classic variety, and lots of things have germinated, Linarias have germinated, so I'm standing in my sort of propagating area looking at them, and it's just so important to um, sow them really sparsely, because, well, you, um, you're able to save lots of seed and use it again next year, um, and the years um, to come. So I, I only probably used in those packets about a third of the seed or maybe even less. So um, I should be able to save all those seed packets um, for the coming years and use them again, which is really good and e economical and rather than just waste, because otherwise, you know, rather than having lots of um, ones to pick through and choose the best seedlings, why not give them all a good chance that you've got and then just keep all the ones that you need. And I think that's sort of a really good thing to do. And I've I've been very excited. My Cabea scandens, which um, I've never grown before. Um, however, I am just obs so obsessed with how they look and I, I can't wait for them to be doing their sort of tropical cup and saucer, amazing, glorious sort of rampantness. I don't know what um, best better words to use to describe them, but they are just so exciting. I've, I'm looking across, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven in front of me that have all germinated um, really well. And their leaves are their first set of leaves are uh, looking very lovely and healthy. So I'm I'm very proud very proud of that because um, it they can be apparently quite difficult to germinate sometimes because they can rot off because they're quite a flat seed. But you need to turn them on their on their side like a courgette seed. Um, and I was very um, I was put put to rest by um, put put to rest put at ease um, by listening to Sarah Raven and um, Arthur Parkinson's podcast when they um, spoke about them and I sort of gleaned all the information to make sure I germinated them correctly because I was really wanting to grow them. So I've got seven in here and some of them are still just poking through the surface um, on a 
heated um, mat. So I've, I move them to different places around. I don't have a greenhouse. I do my propagating indoors um, or outside direct sowing. I usually will just use on the windowsills, but this year I've created like a sort of propagating area because I have a, we have a, um, a conservatory. I don't know, I could not, could not remember the life of me what the word was. Uh, a conservatory where I do um, quite a lot of my germination because it's quite, quite warm in here. I can control um, the temperature and it doesn't get too hot. Usually I can open the windows, lots of ventilation. It's basically a greenhouse just without any soil. Um, but yeah, it's quite, it's quite useful and I do find it's really good. And I, we also have a, a large porch. So when I want to harden things off, I can just place them in there. And um, I have sweet peas in there right now with um, some fox, fox gloves, I think, and some other bits. But um, yeah, it's like my cold frame almost. And that, that's really good because it just keeps the frost off. And it got quite cold here last night. It was about minus two. But the sweet peas are all okay. I mean, they, they are quite hardy annuals. But uh, I was a bit nervous because I really um, have quite a few sweet peas plants outside. And I was just concerned that they might get a bit frosted. But they're, they're doing well. Um, so what I'm sowing today are lots of Nicotianas. And I'm going to do some dill. Even though dill is much better propagated by direct sowing... I'm going to just sow some indoors just because I want to do a little experiment this year to see which um, do the best if I sow it early inside. And then if I prick them out really, really quickly uh, into a into a pot or even moving them straight outside, I'm not sure. Just to see how see how they do and just um, test them against the others. Because I've got quite a few seeds. There's 750 dill seeds, so I'm not going to run out. But I thought I'd start off with... Um, the Nicotiana Langsdorfii, and I I remember watching Carol Klein's Life in a Cottage Garden, which is probably my most um my most ultimate favourite um gardening um programme ever. Oh I just saw a long tailed tit flying over the compost. I wonder if it's flicking through um because I turned the compost yesterday. It was quite a invigorating job. Um but it's so lovely to see them. I've got, I'm looking out the window and there, there are bird feeders near me. So there were some siskins on there a few minutes ago, but I think I'm moving around a bit too much and I scared them off. Um, right, so I was talking about Carol Klein. Um, she is probably my gardening hero. I just love her enthusiasm and um, zest for life. And it really sort of resonates with me. I just, I don't know, I just, I think she's such an icon of gardening and I, I just really love all, anything she does. And... Yes, in the, um, I think in the second episode, spring, she um, was sowing Nicotiana Langsdorfii, Nicotinia, I always don't know how to pronounce it, um, and I've always wanted to sow it since then, that was quite a long time ago, well not that long, but it was a few, um, probably five years or more. Um, I've watched that series probably um, more than 20 times, which is maybe a bit concerning however I just I just love it and it just really comforts me and I get so much inspiration from her her beautiful garden and so this finally this is the first time I've actually um grown Nicotiana Langsdorfii I've grown lots of other Nicotianas in the past um different ones but I haven't grown this one I'm so excited because I it was I never found it anywhere to be available to 
to get the seed, but on Sarah Raven this year it was available. And I get I got all my seeds this year from Sarah Raven, like I usually do, because I just think this selection is so so amazing and I've I just really I love how it's set out and it just inspires you to how to plant them and it's just I'm really excited and my dahlias should be arriving, the tubers I ordered, um in a few days, hopefully. Um, or mid-March, so maybe in a couple of weeks, but I'm very excited to pop those up soon and get started, because I had a bit of a failure. I'll be honest, I did did really badly with my dahlias last year. It was absolute disaster, and the slugs and snails completely um, ravaged them. It was a pretty sorry sight, and only one survived out of, I don't know how many I had. It was quite a few, and it was a bit of a shame. Um, although one... One survived of a... Sorry, the dogs are barking. I think a delivery's here. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Oh, dear. It's I probably should have um, thought about the fact that there might be distractions. And I... Sorry, I'm just concentrating on sowing the seeds in there. Just making sure I've got an even spread. So they don't crowd each other out. What was I talking about? Gosh. Um... Dahlias, dahlias. Um, yeah, so lots of them were eaten. I mean, some survived. I had a good bed, which um, it was a new bed I made. And I call it the stump border because there's an old cherry tree stump in it that is quite gorgeous and it's got lots of um, fungi growing out of it and it sort of looks quite architectural. Um, I, I do quite love it. In winter, it's sort of all, it looks like it's emerging out of all the growth and then in summer, everything sort of covers it up. It's, it's quite, quite lovely. Anyway, um, and the dahlias in that bed did really well because I, I imagine maybe because there was, it was a new bed and border, maybe there weren't so many slugs and snails hanging around, so possibly they survived better. And they were really pretty, those ones. Um, but next, this year, I'm growing many varieties. I'm growing, um, I think, 12, I ordered 12 blue bayo. I always don't know how to pronounce that, but bio, bio, I'm not sure. It's such a beautiful one, apparently it's amazing for pollinators. It's an, it's the, it's an anemone flowered variety. I'm sorry, the dogs are really getting riled up by someone ringing the doorbell. Um, oh, and Pippa's coming in. Pippa, what is it? Okay, I'll just shut the door. Okay, so I've sewn the... Nicotiana Langsdorfii, Langsdorfii seeds, and I'm just going to press them down. I don't use a um, a wooden presser, I just use my hand, and it just means they get into really, really good contact with the soil, and then make sure to brush your hands back in, because otherwise you might be lifting some of the seeds up. I think I did quite a good coverage. How many of seeds are in the packet? There are 500, so I think I sowed about, about 100. I may do a couple more, just because I'm a bit nervous. I was getting a bit distracted by the dogs. Okay, I've got about 20 maybe more in my hands now. So yes, I'm growing lots of different varieties of dahlias. Um, mostly all singles or ones that uh, are beneficial for insects and butterflies and other pollinators. Um, because I just set myself a rule that I'd only get plants for the garden this year that would be, have some value for for wildlife and I did stick to that and then I saw two varieties of dahlias on Sarah Raven's website and I absolutely fell in love with them and they were they are doubles and they don't have much much value I mean maybe the earwigs will, will like them but um, I'm not sure that they will be too great for the pollinators but I've got so many others of 
of different varieties, which should um, should be really good for the pollinators. And of course, there's so many other plants that will be there to help. And one of them was American Dawn, I think. And it's this beautiful, and it's going to go in the same bed as um, Blue Bayo. And it's this beautiful sort of, I don't know how to describe it, it's more sort of apricotty orange with, it's like purpley middle when it opens and it opens up to sort of that dark apricot. It's just beautiful. I just think it's, oh, I just, it was so, I saw it, it was just so satisfying. I just had to, had to get it. Another one that's called Gypsy Night. And I'm going to grow that right by the front of the garden um, alongside a rose, which I think is called Wild Edric, I think. It could be another one. I think it's Wild Edric. And they have a very similar colour, sort of like a deep, deep, rich, magenta-y, red-y, sort of purple. It's gorgeous. And I'm just really excited because they sort of match quite well. But in that bed, there's so many other things um, that will be great for the pollinators. There are geraniums, um, oryngiums, I think. Yes, I think there are some oryngiums. There, there are. Um, lots of bulbs. And then behind that are my new extended summer beds, which I've been working on. I planted those all up the other the other week, which was really lovely. Um, so many things in that. It's, I, I took quite a lot of inspiration from Dan Pearson's garden um, and also a French garden called um, Le Jardin de Plume. I think my pronunciation is correct. Uh, I think that's what it's called, um, Le Jardin de Plume. And it's just, it's called, it means the feather garden and it's just beautiful. And I took inspiration from their, their feather garden inside that garden. Um, and it uses lots of grasses. Um, like the main grass is Calamagrostis, um, Carl Foster, I think, Foster, Foster, um, which is a really tall one. It's about 180 centimetres. So that should tower beautifully. And I've put lots of them, um, ryth rhythmically going through there. And then another one is, uh, another Calamagrostis, Calamagrostis Brachy, Brachy something, Brachy or something. I'm not sure. I don't want to butcher it. Um, and that one's beautiful. It's got this bottle brush fluffy gorgeous um head so it will also be really tactile and i hope that'll look gorgeous and there's lots of thalictrums veronicastrums um what else um having a mental blank um opium poppies sort of for a bit of may um blousiness patty's plum is the variety i i selected um it's just a whole mass of color and um, lots of asters for the autumn and all of it's basically going to really help help pollinators hopefully um and also the fact that hedgehogs hopefully will be able to make nests in some of like the hardy geraniums and other other things like the um the grasses which are really um big clumps they'll make they're sort of 90 centimeters across that'll be really good i hope and also i'm gonna hope that it will all stay standing and look really magnificent in winter and hopefully provide lots of seeds for birds i planted some teasel through there and i need to order some wildflower plugs that I'm going to put through there. I want to um, put some cow parsley in because it's sort of really matching my idea of what I want it to look like. Um, also some oxide daisies I'm going to put in there. Probably some um, campion and also our native um, um, native poppy. Our native poppy. Um, I'm really excited to sew that in there. And I think I've got a mix from Sarah Raven of a native, native poppy um, called sort of a cultivar of it, um, called Pearl, it's a mix, it's a mix of something, and it's got these lovely sort of ashy tones and more pinks, it's really beautiful, and that should be amazing for the pollinators, because poppies are really, really rich in nectar, and yes, so that's um, what I've been up to in the garden, I've just um, 
tamp down the rest of the Nicotianas and I've got some more different, I'm just sprinkling a little fine layer of, um, of soil over these. I was going to use grit, I may use a little bit, but I just, I maybe I'll do half of the seed tray with grit and then half without, just to see, see if it does, has an effect, because I'm really wanting to do sort of experiments in the garden, what works with me best, as I, I visually love grit, I think it does help, I think it does lock in moisture, stop weed seedlings, um, you know, popping up on the seed trays. So I think it's important to use. And I just want to see how it might affect the plants as they, as they develop. I'm, um, I did a, um, half of the, so the cornflowers, the blue cornflowers, I did them with grit. And then the, the black sort of, um, dark, darker, sort of more rich, um, I don't know what sort of more of a sort of dark plum or colour, um, cornflowers, they are without grit and I'm just going to see how, how well they do. The, the ones without grit have germinated a lot quicker, but they guess they just have a lesser barrier to get through, which is understandable. And they're doing really well. But the um the blue boy, the blue cornflower, that is coming up in, in a couple of patches, but it's not not as um even, but hopefully it will catch up. So I'm going to get on with sowing some more seeds of um some other Nicotianas. Um... I have Nicotiana grandiflora, which is a white one, Nicotiana whisper mix, which is a pinky, sort of light purple and white uh, mix, and one called Tinkerbell, which is, it looks a little bit like um, Langsdorfii, which has um, pale, sort of limey green um, petals and flowers with these blue anthers, but these have um, sort of a lime green back and tube, but then the inside petal is a really lovely sort of rich sort of, I don't know what red, it's quite a, a plummy red. I've just noticed that some of my sunflowers, which is sunflower claret, have started to germinate, which is very exciting. Um, they're looking very nice and juicy new shoots coming up, so I'm really excited about that. I thought I'd talk a bit more about some other sort of planting methods that I use. So with my sweet peas, I use root trainers, which um, are long, thin um, modules, which have um, grooves down the side of the um, the root where, where the seed is sown into and it means that the when the root goes down it will um, hit the side of the wall and there's so many different so it increases the surface area of the pot size and it means that they'll break and it causes um, lateral root formation I think um, and it just means that they have really healthy root systems some of them are started to germinate too I can see a few shoots coming through I've got um, three varieties. One is a mix called Sweet Pea Vintage Silk. It's sort of a lovely white with um, sort of, I don't know how to describe it, sort of purpley, not pinks, I would say it's sort of, it almost looks like, it sort of looks like a lovely fabric. It's sort of a curtain fabric. I love it. It's beautiful. One is called Mrs Collier, which is a creamy white, and then the other is Black Knight, which is a really dark, I've got lots of Black Knight, how many have I got? Um, I've got 15. Um, they are really gorgeous. It's a dark, dark, sort of crimsony, purpley, gorgeous. I'm really excited. I'm going to have that in pots on either side of the front door in big teepees. And I actually went and collected my um, pea sticks the other day. Um, so I've been doing a bit of staking with them. And they're looking really lovely. I staked the peonies in 
um, one of the beds. Sarah Bernhardt is the peony. And they they look really lovely. I feel like I'm in a National Trust property. It looks gorgeous. Um, so before I've always used metal hoops and they are quite um, lovely still, but I think the naturalistic sort of image, it just matches other things in the garden. And I'm, I think they look really lovely. Um, what was I talking about? Other seed sowing methods. I also use module trays for larger seeds. So I have some Sorinthi over there um, and they're all modulely sown individually. I've also sown um, the sunflowers individually. Um, obviously the sweet peas are. I have some rachinus, which are castor oil plants, also grown by um, by Carol Klein in her um, garden. I just love how they look. They're sort of tropical, um, just amazing. I, I'm going to use them in the jewel garden. The jewel garden consists of four beds, which have a um, have grass paths running through. Uh, it's just a quite a sort of rich colour scheme with some dashes of lime, and I um, I just love it. I, I I created it last year, and it has a spalliered pears growing around each of the sides, apart from some of the sides because it has a, a hedge along one side and um, two sides. Sorry, and yes, it's just a really lovely sort of haven in there, which I'm really excited this year to really come into its own, as I only planted it up last sort of late summer, and. Yes, some of the plants are bulked up. I've planted lots of bulbs in there. There are hundreds of tulips in there, which I'm very excited about. Lots of fritillarias, um, the crown imperial fritillarias. There are, um, of course, the um, foxtail lilies, which I'm really, really excited about. I layered them up on lots of grit because we have quite a, a heavy clay soil here. So I'm going to see how they do. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and I hope they do well. There are also lots of lilies in there, alliums, so many bulbs packed in there, and there's a lot of herbaceous borders um, over the top as a layer. So, and there's some pots also. Um, I just love it. It's a really um, rich colour scheme. I think it's going to look really amazing. Um, and then the rest of the garden, this is in the back garden, the rest of the garden is more, is more sort of neutral. It's got the sort of more wilder area, which is long grass. There's a sort of more orchardy, sort of croquet lawn, which is what we call it. Um, that's a smaller lawn. And there's a grass border further on, which sort of mimics the the um, the wilders of the meadow. So it's a more sort of relaxed area, but then just there, which is next to the um, area of patio, which has a, um, like a dining area, and also where I'm creating my um, large raised beds for vegetables and also for cut flowers. So it's just a nice, um, little splash of colour in the sort of more relaxed front garden and uh, back garden because the area in the front of the house, it's um, it's more colourful and um, well some of the some of the colour schemes are more muted and more cottage gardeny. However, um, I would say that every bed is more is more intense, packed with colour. Although there are some which are more sort of neutral. Anyway, I'm waffling. So um yeah, they're all the sort of things I use for my for my sewing. I think that's sort of encompassed everything. I will direct sow most of my vegetables. I find that it's just too much of a faff. I don't have so much space that I can... I have. I sow so many seeds of um, of flowering, flowering plants that I do find it difficult to have space for most of my vegetables. I do sow like salad crops and other things outside. I will sow beans and like courgettes and things like that, sort of bigger seeds. Uh, I will sow those indoors, um, however, I mostly do sow outdoors, and I find it, it works really well for me. 
Um, yeah, I think that's everything. I hope you've enjoyed listening and maybe a bit inspired about um, planting seeds and sowing seeds and just have a go because it's just so natural. Every seed wants to grow and you just need to give it the chance. So I hope you've enjoyed listening and I do hope that you can um, come back soon and listen to more about how my garden grows throughout the rest of this year.